Amen. Uh, thank you all for leading us in worship this morning, in dance and in, in song and in words. Um, my name is Drew Smith, uh, pastor here at uh, College Hill Presbyterian Church. Welcome to all of you and all of you online. And um, Merry Christmas to you. Um, uh, my, one of my favorite seasons in the church calendar because historically the, the church has celebrated 12 days of Christmas. Christmas is just the first of those 12 days. Hence, you get the song, you know, the 12 days of Christmas. And so the good news is you've still got 11 shopping days left. You've still got 11 mailing days left to get out Christmas cards. You thought you were behind. There, there's a gift of 11 days. Just, and you can just say, this is what the church has been doing for centuries. So what a celebration there. Now this year for my, uh, Christmas, so the last couple Christmases, we've had, um, some new traditions that are sort of part of what we're doing. I, I can't say that I necessarily like them. But they're, they're new traditions and part of our discussion. Not only do we talk about trees and decorations and, you know, presents and events we're going to go to when we get together, um, as, uh, when it's our year to get together as a, as a family. Um, uh, but we also talk about things like booster shots and vaccines and home test kits. You know, and uh, those are uh, traditions necessarily that I don't particularly uh, like, and I make light of it here, because otherwise we would weep, which is okay, both to celebrate, to laugh, and to weep, because COVID has been around now. This is our second COVID Christmas, and the economic issues that we face, the, the job issues, the light, but we've had five people in our congregation die from COVID. And and I think the impact on us is that long haul kind of impact. You know, it's the fact that it's still here. It's the fact that at times it goes away and then it comes back. And I've I've said, and I've heard many of you say, I'm not tired of this. (laughs) I'm over this. this. This this is enough. So it's been a hard year. Because of that, because of those long, that long haul effect. And I think that kind of, not the the big stuff, but just that incessant, unpredictable little stuff that sort of comes our way, that erodes at our capacity to stay faithful to the character of Jesus in the midst of it. I mean, it's these these kind of seasons can um, lead us to focus on ourselves instead of on Jesus. To focus on our, our surroundings instead of on Jesus. To, to focus our attention on other things but Jesus. And, and, and that becomes then the kind of climate where the fruit of the Spirit rots. Now, how, how much in this last year have, have you experienced the fruit of the Spirit of, how much right, even right now? Love, and joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These kind of seasons that can impact 
the, the harvest of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. These erratic, unpredictable, dripping and then pouring and then pouring and then dripping. The uncertainty, the, the, the disease, the mask, the disagreement, the anger that that caused, the, un, the, the, the fear, the economic um, uncertainty, the political dissension, all impacts our souls. Christmas is all about how God starts the race of salvation in Jesus. It's the beginning of Jesus' life. It's the beginning of the race of his life. But today, what we want to focus on is not how he began the race, but how he ran it. How did did Jesus run the race that was set before him? How how did he travel this journey that was his, this 33-year journey? Faced with obstacles and um, uh, uh, opposition at a variety of turns and at surprising places. Even within his own family, even within the religious community. And ultimately facing the shame and disgrace and pain of being ostracized, deserted and hung on a cross. That's what we'll look at today. the, The... how the, the, Jesus accomplished the work of Christmas. After Christmas began his, his journey. This is a key part of the, the struggle of being followers of Jesus. I, I'm sorry if you thought you were going to get an off Sunday, the Sunday right after Christmas. The, it, Jesus didn't. I mean, this is what he was born into, this kind of journey. <coughs> But this is one of the, the key, this is the key point of the race of how we stay faithful to God in the midst of the journey. Keeping on track with what we know is good. Walking with God in whatever the joy or the pain of life. I mean, part of, this is part of our, our series that we've been on throughout the Advent Christmas season that Jesus can relate. You see, Jesus can relate to our challenges and struggles of staying faithful to God in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the disagreement and struggles and opposition. He is an example to us and he is also our very strength in the midst of the journey because he is fully human, just like you and me. Flesh and blood. And he felt that opposition directly. And being fully human, how did Jesus then remain faithful to the kingdom of God? How did he remain faithful to the mission that God had given him? He's both our example, our encourager, and our strength in whatever struggles we face. And, and Jesus is clear. Now, he's clear as we read of his words. He's clear. He joins. He invites us to join with him on this journey. He says, come on. <coughs> Excuse me. But he tells us clearly from up front, hey, but this is no cakewalk. If you want to follow me, then you got to deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. This is the the way of following the way of God. This is the way that that leads to the fullness of life. This is the fullness of joy that he passes on to us. 
And, and I got great news. Great news here that Jesus made it. He did accomplish, he accomplished what the Father had given him. He accomplished his mission. He stayed faithful to God even in the midst of being hung on a cross. So no matter what, even in our failures, as we face the opposition and struggles, the ways that we get knocked off the, the race, we get knocked off course, it doesn't matter because Jesus has already finished it. He has already accomplished what we couldn't accomplish. I'll say it again later, but we we come and, and gather here not in order to accomplish, to achieve some kind of eternal blessing. We come and gather here. We engage in this struggle as we leave from here because we've already been given the full blessing of our eternity with God and our relationship with God now and forever. So today, as we look at this passage, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 is what we're reading. Sorry, I think I told you all 1 through 4. I meant 1 through 3. Uh, hear what I mean, not what I say. Um, today, we look at this passage that gives us some... Uh, so that maybe we can have an honest assessment and a lifelong encouragement to keep running the race. Uh, to, to keep running the race that Christmas has started. All right, uh, our passage in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 3. Uh, you can look at it on the screen. You can look at it on the uh, in your pew Bible or whatever form. You can just listen to the word. And if you want to look at it in the pew Bible, it's on page thousand and eight. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. And sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. So that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Almighty God, may this your word that we've read, may it truly impact our lives so that we do it. Not just hear it, but do it. And do it in the times of great joy and in the times of great pain. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, two two quick things that I want to look at the very beginning of the, of the passage. The, the first part says, "Therefore, since we're so surrounded by great a cloud of witnesses, uh, that that the first that and that's what Paul's been or not Paul, the writer of Hebrews." 
uh, is in chapter 11. We don't know who the writer was exactly, but the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11, he goes through this uh, hall of faith. This hall of fame of all the people that have gone before, you know, people like uh, Abraham and Sarah and Moses and Deborah and Rahab, you know, the heroes of the, the faith. And he says, all of those folks, they've run the race. They're, they've they've finished the journey and now they're with the Lord. They, they finished the race by staying faithful. And they're now he's sort of painting a picture uh, like at a race. Um, you know, like if you if you run a race, uh, the people that finish it beforehand before you, you know, they turn around and they stop and they cheer you on as as you're you're running. Or um, uh, if you've ever seen a uh, uh, a relay race, you know, where the one person starts and they've got the baton and they hand it off to the next person and then then they hand it to the next person and then the, till they get to the end. Well, what do you think the people that are in the first the legs do? You think when they've run their race, oh, I finished mine, I'm going home. No. They're sitting there watching. They're cheering on the people that are before them because they're vested. This is their race too. And, and so what Paul is saying, we are on this journey together, but it's not just us. It's not just the people we can see here. It's those people that have run the legs before us. Back, back even to, to Abraham, back, back to Sarah. They're there as well on the sidelines saying, y'all keep going. Keep on. Be true to Jesus. Be true to him in the midst of whatever's going on. Because you're carrying it now. You, you've you got the baton. You know, and this, and these last little personal privilege for myself that I hope some of you can relate to. Um, but some of you won't know the people that I mention here. And I, and I won't go into a lot of detail to describe them. So you just have to believe me that they're meaningful people of uh, prayer warriors. And, and those that are faithful to following after Jesus. You know, in all of their their lives, but in the the last several months, uh, uh, people like Phyllis Nagley, Betty Goodman, Dottie Zimmerman, and Jane Lott have all joined the church triumphant. You know, they, they've they've now finished the race, and and they're uh, they're they're now saying, all right, I, I no longer have the baton. I carried it, you know, in Dottie's case for 103, 104 years. You know, and even in her 90s was going to visit the old people. You know, so that, that's, that's, uh, that I've, I've been doing it and been, you've been on my prayer uh, list and, 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 and you, Phyllis Nagley worked on staff with her for a number of years and also one of those great encouragers and, and Betty, one of those workers who that long, just a long obedience in the same direction. And, and Dottie, as I mentioned, this was the last letter I got from Dottie just in August. Just saying, you know, keep on. Keep on. Thanks for your faithfulness. And, and, and probably the, the, the one person that comes to my mind that some of you will know is one of those champions. It's Chappie Chapman. Uh, and he was on staff here. Those who don't know, he was on staff here. Well, his wife, Mary Bell, still a part of the church. His daughter, Robin, grandson, David, a part of the, the church uh, even now. But, but Chappie was one who'd served with his family overseas for years, here for decades as, as well. And he was on fire for taking the good news to anybody and everybody across the street or across the sea particularly for those that were ostracized, marginalized, poor, and, and was an inspiration, you know, to, to me. So I, one of the reasons I've got to keep going is because I don't want to disappoint Chappie. 
Because he's saying, keep on, keep on going, keep carrying that. Keep carrying that baton, keep carrying that message. Who are those people for you? Who, who are those folks that have gone before? Who, who, can you, can you visualize them? Can you, and some of you might be parents, might be other family members, might be friends. Can you visualize those folks who are on the sidelines now because they finished, you know, and they're saying, keep on going, keep on going. Keep carrying what we were carrying together. Now you with those with you, keep doing it. That, that's what the writer is telling us here. Hear the encouragement of those that have gone before you. No, you're not alone. There were folks that went before you and there were folks who will come after you. The second thing that he says here is evaluate in your own life what's holding you back. You know, in this, this case, I, I, I think of the, not so much as a race as I do a backpacking trip. You know, a journey. And uh, just this last spring, uh, with two of my kids and uh, three other folks and an official guide who knew what they were doing, praise the Lord, we went hiking in the desert. And we went hiking for six days in the desert. If you know anything about desert, there's not a lot of water. So it was really important to have a guide who could tell us where to find the water. But what was most uh, intriguing also is you're going to be in the desert hiking backpack is that the, the folk, there are two or three folks who are professional campers. We just show up and say, hey, what do we do? And there's other people who show up with their these streamlined packs that are packs and tents and poles and um, other equipment. And, and they look, they, they weigh their clothes before they put them in their pack. I mean, they, they, they buy thousand dollar tents that weigh two and a half pounds. They, they, they have walking poles that, that are with them that weigh six ounces total. And they, they count out every piece of clothing that they're going to take and, and they, they want, they don't want anything extra because they're smart. They're going to be carrying it on their back for the next six days in the middle of the desert. They, when they, when they put their socks on, those are the most important pieces of clothing. They want to be sure there's no creases, there's nothing in the way, because you don't want a blister on day three of a six-day hike. And, and that's, so they are diligent and serious, and thankfully they were there to help us who didn't know. And my son, who had, I think, 17 blisters by the end of the hike um, on his feet. But what... The writer of Hebrews is telling us here, what, what are the things that are holding you back from, from following Jesus on this journey? And he later goes on, the command that we'll look at in more detail in a minute. You know, fix your eyes on Jesus. Well, he's saying, what are the things that get in the way of this journey? What are the things that distract you, that keep you from keeping your attention on Jesus in the midst of, of all the troubles and pain of life? What, what, what are those, evaluate those things and get rid of them. You know, and there are some things in a, a, a size of people in this, this number of people in the room. There are certain percentages of us that are involved in stuff that we all know. It is bad. Pornography. Substance abuse. You know, that, that's, that's prominent. Uh, that, that'll be present in, among us 
here. And it's like, yeah, that thing can keep us from following Jesus. We need to address that and take the steps we need to so that we fix our eyes on Jesus and not these other things. But there's a whole bunch of other things that can do the same thing that aren't so uh, uh, obvious that they're wrong. You know, th- things like um, pursuing success and achievement and, and money and, and family and, and fame um, and comfort and convenience. Those kind of things aren't necessarily bad. But they can get in the way of us following Jesus, of affixing our eyes on Him. Who are the folks that are cheering you on? And what are the things that that hold you back, that weigh you down, that distract you from keeping your eyes? Those are the, the two things that the writer mentions to us, sort of setting it up. To then say, so that we can keep our eyes on Jesus. I love uh, the, actually, uh, here it says, you know, looking to Jesus. That's sort of a weak translation. It's more like, focus, man. Fix your attention on Him. The, the, the word has, has great attention to it. Keep your eyes on Him no matter where you go. No matter what you're doing. Keep your eyes on Him. Uh, part of the, the reason and, and part of how this fits in the, the metaphor of this race to me or this journey is that he's saying here, because Jesus, he's run the race. He's faced the opposition. He's faced the struggles. He's faced them all head on. And now he's crossed the line. And he's at the finish line. And now he's saying, so come on, y'all, come on. Keep going. Keep going. You can make it. Stay with me. I'm with you. Come join me right here. We're told that it was for the joy that was set before him that he endured the shame and disgrace and the pain of the cross. It was for the joy that that he has that is explained here as he's now at the right hand of the Father celebrating in the fullness of God's presence. You've uh, seen those like um, wiener dog races, uh, you know, and you know, and they they get the, the 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 dachshunds and they put the little hot dog buns on them, you know, and they set them at one end, and then at the other end they get their owner, right? And the owner's Shotzi, come on, Shotzi, come on, Shotzi, and of course the dogs and the dog that keeps his eyes goes forward, you know, wins the race. Others, who knows what they're doing and sniffing, but they're not listening, you know, to their owner. And that's that in a sense, that's what Jesus is here. He, he's, he's saying, fix your attention on him. Make make that the attention of every one of your days so that you keep with him. You see, because in the first century, they were like the church in India today, in northern India today. I mean, they faced opposition. There's a great article this is last week in the New York Times, who's not known necessarily for being such a proponent of the church. But it it goes through detail of what's happening in central India because of Hindu nationalists who come in and see the church as an opposition to the Indian nation. And story after story of it, they, they would barge in, in this setting right now, throw you on the ground, come beat me up. And then the police would show up and they would dismiss the aggressors and arrest the people in the church because they're breaking conversion laws. This is happening right now, 2021. You think we had a bad year? 
There are laws in the in the certain states in central India where if you house a Christian who's not in your immediate family, you get fined one hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah, it is the the amount of violent crime against the church in India has gone up ten times in the last seven years. Yeah, that's that's what was happening to the church in Jesus' day. So that, that's why he's saying, you know, I understand. I can walk with you. I know the pain that you feel. I know the shame that you might be feeling. I know that it might be disgraceful. But hold on, you know, keep your eyes on me. This is the joy. Of knowing God. Uh, it was uh, Apollo 13. Uh, where they lost um, uh, a lot of their control. They, they lost uh, the, the power um, uh, control. They had to turn off the computers. Um, and they had 39 seconds of fuel for engine thrusters. In order, in order to steer themselves correctly to land on earth. And it was Jim Lovell, I think was his name. Lovell, yes. Uh, he, he was uh, the, 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 the one that was charged, you know, with looking through the little glass. Little piece of glass. And he was to watch through the glass and keep the earth, his destination. Keep the earth in the glass. And then give directions... For the 39 seconds of fuel. So that as they were descending, they would reach their destination. You know, tell me for those 39 seconds, his eyes weren't fixed on the earth. That's what the writer is saying here for us. As And the good news is, you, well actually, there was a movie came out in the mid-90s. You can watch that, but they made it. They did keep their eyes on Jesus for the joy that was set before him. Jesus kept his eyes on the Father and is now sitting on the right hand of the Father. And his work on the cross accomplished what began Christmas Day. What he did there was absolutely necessary for the development of our faith. He is in us and we are in him. And because of that, we too... In him have finished the race. He, he enables us the very power to trust him, to believe in him. As the writer says here, he is the author and finisher of our faith. He is with us. That word finisher is really the, the word perfecter. He is maturing in us. He is active in us in these difficult times to, to continue to strengthen our faith in him. So this year, as we end 2021, let's, let's reflect through the lens of Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Who are the people? Who are the people that have cheered you on and are cheering you on now? Whose, whose work, who carried the baton, who've handed off to you and now are saying, keep on going. Keep on being, being true to Jesus. Uh, no, no matter what comes your way. Continue to carry out the, the, the work, the mission that God has given to us. What are the hindrances? What are the things that get in the way? What are the things that distract you? Man, name those and, and put them aside. Lay them down. 
and at all times. What, what, as we enter into this year, what, what, what has this last year, what has best helped you stay focused on Jesus and what this year will continue to help you focus on him so that one day we will see him face to face and he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. Yeah, and on that day, it's only what we do that is part of the mission of God, that is part of the kingdom of God, that is in alignment with the character of Jesus. It's what we do in alignment with him that then is also with us, that follows with us for all of eternity, what God has done in us. That's the day that we look for. And here again, that good news. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it, regardless of the, the pain and struggle that you may be in today, Jesus has been there with nails in his hands, spear in his side, and his closest friends running away from him. He he is with you. He has finished the race. He has finished the race for you and for me. He has accomplished what we cannot accomplish on our own. So even if we, we go out this week and we, we fail, we fall, uh, we deny him just like Peter did, he will not deny us. Maybe that's one of the things you're struggling with, that you recognize you've, you've denied him in your own life. He still loves you. He still welcomes you. He still says, that's why I died for you. If you could do it by yourself, I wouldn't have had to die for you. He says, come to me. Fix your eyes on me. That's the grace and mercy of Jesus. Like I said in the beginning, we don't enter into this race in order to accomplish or gain anything. We enter into this race and we stay in on this journey because of what he has gained and accomplished for us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, fix your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the struggles and pains, and now sits at the right hand of the Father and cheers us on to himself. Let's pray.